media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. And a very, very good morning to you. My name is Ashraf Garda. We talk marketing, branding, advertising, PR, anything that communicates for the next uh, two hours. So lots for you to connect with. Now, listening in is a form of engagement already, but you can take it to another level by calling in uh, relevant to an issue that we talk about at that time. To do so, it's 0891104207, Please save that number. It's important. It's your passport to yeah go on air. Then you can tweet me. And if you're doing that, two handles to tweet to Ashraf Garda, as well as SAFM Radio. But do use hashtag media show, so we pick up a trend of discussion all throughout the, the morning. And option three is to SMS, 34701. So much to talk about, I can tell you, including uh, the, the winner of the Vodacom Journalist of the Year Awards was a photographer. What does that say about where media is going right now? I think it says a lot. But for now, uh, maybe with that point uh, being very relevant, let's chat to Janine Lazarus from Janine Lazarus Consultancy. Janine, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, Astra. Good. It's been, a, it's been a while. It certainly has. And I'm sorry that I can't be with you in the studio today because I certainly would have been there. I'm sure you would have. Right. Well, you have this big responsibility of being our thought leader for, for the morning to kick off the discussions. And, and you want to pick up something interesting around what communicators readiness for 2020. What, what's the backdrop to, to that in the first place? Um, I was privileged enough, uh, Ashraf, to be invited as a panelist and a presenter at the International Association of Business Communicators Conference 2016, held in uh, Cape Town earlier, earlier in November. And in fact, the entire thrust of the conference was being future fit for 2020. And I think the message, if, if one had to encapsulate just the the very essence of, of the conference, that would be that everybody has become a communicator. So it's not just people like you and I who are communicating. It's people who are on social media, who are digitally aware. Everybody has become a communicator. But the problem is that while perhaps IQ has increased, certainly technological data-driven IQ has increased, there's been a decrease in thinking. So that's where communicators need to step in and connect and engage. So that's an interesting one. IQ has increased, but there's been a decrease in thinking. And, I, and I'm thinking a listener may pick up on and say, what exactly do you mean by that? So go ahead and tell us. Well, the reality check is one thing, as you know, there's a huge difference between hearing and a huge difference between listening. You know, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't have a problem with hearing, you can hear the noise, you can hear, you're not necessarily interpreting the message. So, um, you know, listening is something entirely different. And I think it really takes a communicator to engage with the message, to draw through the volumes of information that are coming at the communicator and to get to the key messages. And that's what I'm talking about um, in terms of an increase in IQ and perhaps a decrease in, in thinking. So, so with that in mind, I mean, at that conference, uh, you, you made the point, I mean, everybody now is communicating in a very different way. But was that a case where the experts then said, uh, wow, that's just fantastic, or in fact, oh, there's a challenge to us? Well, it is a challenge to us because at the end of the day, being future fit in communications, Ashraf, means that we need to be perpetually agile. You know, you, the question that I think was posed at the conference, and we can pose it here on your show, is how ready are we as business communicators to tackle the future of the communications landscape? You know, technology, we know. Um, you know, whether we like it or not, it's become a game changer. Communicators have got to be a whole lot more proactive 
and there needs to be perhaps more collaboration in their roles, lesser, lesser kind of um, them and us. So we need to be working almost front and center, not as a, as a nice to have, but as a must have. Right, and, and what then, so, so let's think, what came out of the conference in terms of what, you know, how does the conference in terms of communicators assess itself right now, uh, you know, as practitioners? Then you've got this informal, it's an interesting thought, you know, we talk about informal business, about the informal sector. There's a different informal sector here when it comes to, to media now because of the advent of social media in advance by technology, right? And then what more does, does therefore communicators, do they need to be doing then in the future? Well, I can tell you, first of all, what a, business can, what, a, what a businessman needs to be doing in the future, and then we'll talk about the mm-hmm. role of communicators. You know, it's not enough, Ashraf, for a, a businessman to have phenomenal credentials. A sterling credentials, brilliant business card is just not going to be enough in, in this century. A businessman has got to be a brilliant communicator, someone who can communicate with, with brevity, with passion, somebody who can land their message. And that, you know, I'm forever saying, get in and get out. Don't waste time. Don't, don't namby-pamby around your message. So what, why is that? What are you saying? A successful, and I'm using the word man and woman, just so that yeah. we can clarify that, but in both cases, why, why does a successful business person need to be able to be a brilliant communicator if they're so good at being at doing well in business already anyway? Because very often today, and you've seen it yourself, a CEO shares the stage with an often much younger and much more communication-savvy younger person. You know, to the Twitter generation, a week feels like a, a very, very long age. So it's very important to communicate messages that are short and that are succinct and that are to the point. You know, it's no point presenting a captive or, an, uh, or, or even worse, an audience that is not a captive audience with a body of information that you're still trying to draw through. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to determine what your key messages are and you've got to get in and get out. And, and I just want to labor that point, but again, if, if a business person delivers outstanding financial results and then waffles through uh, being, being, you know, I wouldn't even say incoherent, but maybe not, not that convincingly articulate uh, in a press conference, but the, but the results are dazzling, so what? It's not good enough. I mean, let's, let, let's look at this. Uh, you know, if, if there are dazzling results, you know, and somebody is inept at communication, what is the message ultimately that that person is going to be communicating? Um, uh, you know, perhaps an ineptness in something that is really a skill that I think most people should be mastering. Yeah, things are moving. You know, we're looking at a 24-hour news cycle. We're looking, Ashraf, at an incredibly impatient audience. Perhaps even an audience that has a lack of historical perspective, that's not a criticism. It's just a, it's just a youthification of things, the way things are changing. So essentially, if a business leader is not on the bus, not on the communications bus, the bus is going to leave the, the businessman behind at the station. Which, which means then, then you, you are suggesting that uh, the importance of communication uh, for a business leader now is even far more important, if I can put it on as a percentage, you know, to, to what it may have been, you know, five years ago. So they said, you know, uh, b- ability to, to communicate effectively could be a 3% to your, to your role. Now you're saying it's even more than that. I, I wish I wish I could give you a percentage because that's a really interesting question, and I don't know if in fact there is uh, there is that kind of measurement out there. But communication is is where it's at, you know. Um, let's have a look at what's happening around us. We're looking at continuous economic uncertainty. We're looking at a um, a, a rebalance of world power. So 
all of this stuff is coming at us like a, a, a news freight train. It makes things even more difficult to be able to drill through. So what we've got to do, Sydney, as communicators, is we've got to cut to the chase. We've got to drill through the clutter and, and, and extrapolate the key messages. Okay, that is regard to business leaders. Then there's more, right? Absolutely. Um, the role communicators play are, uh, is, another, is another crucial component. You know, c- uh, communicators now, and I, I work, as you know, in the media training, mm-hmm, in the media mm-hmm. training field and in the, uh, in the media consultancy field. It's, I often see when I walk into companies that, you know, communications units or business units are very often separate. They are not, they're not given the kind of credibility that I believe a marketing and communications department should be given. And I think they're not given that kind of credibility because they're not fee-earning. Now the reality check is that we've got to come forward. We have a role to play in change management. We have a role to play in transformation. We have a role to communicate messages when we have a global financial meltdown, when there are often, more often than not, changes in management. We've got to be front and center when it comes to ensuring buy-in to a narrative. Um, that, 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 and, a, and a buy-in not just by or from the external audience, but also from people who are working internally, internal staff. Right, you can join in. Uh, tweet me. Some people are enjoying it. I see that on Facebook as well. But if you are enjoying it and, and you have further comments as well on the discussion, uh, tweet to hashtag media show with A. You can quote Janine directly. That's absolutely great verbatim. I'll guarantee you a retweet. But also, if you add your own comments as well, I'll certainly look at that and comment too. To, um, yeah, well, this hashtag media show, then tweet to me, Ashraf Gaza, as well as to SFM Radio. But by the way, under that field of uh, communication and the challenges of communicators looking to 2020, so four years from now, what would happen to the communications industry? I mean, that's really what it is, isn't it? To call in 0891104207, my guest is Janine Lazarus. You've heard her often on the show with strong uh, uh, forthright views, as always expected from her, the owner of Janine Lazarus Consultancy. So, you know, just to fast forward then to 2020, then, what then would be the likely scenario? You know, one is a wish list. Uh, in, in terms of what you think the communications industry would want to have, and that may well have emerged from your conference, but, but, the, but the second part of that, and you can answer both in one go, would be what, would, what do you think is really going to be the reality 2020? What I think the reality is, and I'm hoping the reality, is to quote Diane Chase. She, she, uh, she came from the International Executive Board of the IBC, um, a, 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 an American woman who also presented on the panel. Um, my wish list, her wish list, I think all communicators' wish list, is that communicators need to be front and center. I don't believe um, that anything can be successful without high-performing communicators and without, without high-performing communications. You know, I think, I think communicators cannot be a, um, a silo, a separate silo that simply ticks along and is not taken seriously by all of the executives. I think communicators need to take a leadership role. I think they need to get involved right at the very get-go. And I think that the authority that a communicator brings as a pro- professional communicator is absolutely critical. So it's now not a, you know, a, a department, Ashraf, that is peopled by one or two uh, you know, well-intentioned communicators. It's somebody who is an expert. It's somebody who has the backing of leadership behind them. It is somebody who is front and center. All right. And I just want to reverse then, you know, one, one second. In terms of then people who aren't communicating well already, whether it's business leaders, whether it's political people, whether it's, uh, 
you know, whatever, chairpersons or, or coaches of sports clubs. Alistair Kutia could be someone that one wants to see how he communicates after the box loss to the Italians by, uh, okay. you know, amazingly. But then there's also issues of communicating in, 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 in positions of crisis when there's a, uh, when there's a flood uh, that, and that has been the case in major parts of the northern part of South Africa. You know, who's doing what, who's saying what that gets you impressed to say, wow, I like what this person's doing. Well, you know what, um, I, I, I need to give that some thought, and I'm going to think through it while, while you and I are chatting. But it's quite interesting because one of the panelists was, uh, was a woman called Carol Arles, and she is head of crisis communications at ESCOM. Now, the whole issue of crisis communications, and you and I can, uh, can, can, can chew the fat on what's gone on at ESCOM, and, uh, you know, Brian Molefe's rather public, uh, public exit from, from the utility. Um, Carol's point in terms of crisis communication is it's all very well to communicate around a crisis. It's all very well to to, uh, to get messages out that are clear and that resonate with your audience. But what you've also got to communicate is you've got to communicate resilience. So at the end of the day, there is a crisis. There's a crisis around flooding. There's a crisis around droughts. There's a crisis around economic meltdown. How do you continue to communicate to make sure that everybody thinks that you that the company, the organization, the individual is going to get through and is going to be resilient. And now to answer your question in terms of who communicates well, I trust I'm always, you know, you're asking the same question over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm always always in between and betwixt about, you know, who is a great communicator. You know, I, I and I look at the the Sunday Times headlines today and I look I know it's going to be. I know it's going to be a tired old message, but one's going to have a look at the previous public protector, Tuli Madonsela, in terms of communicating messages, even though she's being second guessed by all and sundry. Um, I can't. And I'm going to say again, you and I have chatted about it. You know, like him, love him. Uh, you know, have have neutral feelings about him. Julius Malema is a is a is a brilliant communicator. You might not buy into his politics or buy into his thinking, but he knows his audience. He speaks a message that his audience can use. There's no square pegs in round holes. Um, I really, in terms of business, I mean, who is a brilliant communicator? I can't tell you, and and I work with business executives. You know, right through the chain, I can't think of a business executive who has done, you know, who stands out and who does a sterling job. It's something that everybody has got to learn and they've got to, they've got to really, you know, um, approach this with a kind of seriousness that is absolutely critical. I suppose then, you know, the the challenge uh, from, again, from the communications industry has been, and going back to the point you made earlier, that maybe it's not taken as seriously as it should be, right? So the challenge then should be, especially now, uh, with the with the advent of social media and now absolutely multiple platforms, that the communications industry needs to go to management and say, this is what happens when your leadership does not communicate properly, isn't it? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, so often I walk into a big boardroom and I've got 12, 15 executives sitting around the boardroom table and they pulled me in to do some, some uh, you know, immediate media training because there is a crisis uh, go, going down. Um, when I ask the executives in question to sort of rate the crisis in terms of if you were to give this crisis a, a one out of five or a five out of five, do you know how many times the executives sitting around the very boardroom table, the same boardroom table, don't see the crisis in the same way? They don't analyze the crisis or give it the same kind of 
waiting as, 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 their, as their colleagues. And that's exactly where the problem starts because you can't, you can't communicate messages or be on top of a crisis in the media space if you don't clean up things internally, if you don't clean up things in your own backyard. And I think there's another point that I need to raise with you, Ashraf, and that is communications is not a silo. You know, that old silo approach of um, that, old, that old centralized approach of, of communications where you give the, the responsibility, the enormous responsibility of communicating an organizational message, um, you, you, you put that on the shoulders of one particular individual. It cannot work. One particular communications individual, even if he or she is an expert, they cannot be expected to understand the ins and outs, the complexities, the challenges of a business. So communications, therefore, needs to be much more decentralized. You know, there needs to be business divisions around the organization, right throughout the organization, that are equipped to handle messages that are appropriate to their particular area of expertise so that nobody is caught with their pants down as we see over and over again playing out in the media space. It's an interesting one because, I mean, often, you know, we, when I do a current affairs-y type talk show in the afternoons uh, yep. uh, on SF, and, and of course many others do the same. There, there's a sense that when it comes to the spokesperson, the spokesperson is just that. The spokesperson uh, just knows how to talk, but doesn't mean they have the actual knowledge of the issue versus the business leader who has the knowledge of the issue who then doesn't know how to express that and articulate it on it. Well, I mean, you know yourself, you're a journal, you're a seasoned journal, you're good at what you do. Who are you going to believe, Ashraf? Are you going to believe some person who is simply the mouthpiece um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a crisis scenario, or do you want to hear it from the big, big cheese? It's not, under, it's not undermining the importance of an astute communicator. It's saying he or she has a role to play, but then so does the CEO, and so do all the levels of executives running down that particular hierarchy. You know, if, if there, nobody can comment with the kind of expertise that is necessary unless they can drill down into the very role of that particular business. But but is that happening? Because what, what I'm saying, therefore, then, do, do you not concur that the, the role of the, uh, I'm not saying the head of communications, because it may not be the same person, okay, the role of the spokesperson compared to the head of communications in a certain organization or business division, right, has, has taken on a greater responsibility to the detriment of how the company or the brand or the organization is communicated uh, across all media platforms? I agree. Um, I, I, I'm sad to say that I agree um, that, that, that a spokesperson is not necessarily somebody who comes now, and we're talking now, the current situation. A spokesperson is not necessarily somebody who has the gift of the gap, who understands that what they say, once they say something that's out there and it can never be taken back. I can tell you, um, and of course I won't name the organizations, but the, the amount of times I have to go in because something stupid has been put out in the media space by the spokesperson. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been no thought process before that message was communicated. So there's certainly a disconnect between the spokespeople and the marketing and communications department. What I'm saying is that there needs to be collaboration. You know, it's not a divide and rule. The, the, the communicator, the spokespeople, everybody is, has got to be involved because let's, let's, be, let's be real here. You know, if something is posted on social media, 
it's instant coffee. You know, if you do not react right now, you, you've lost you've lost the game. You you might as well just you know switch off the lights. So the reality check is that everybody has got to be involved. It's not it's not a divide and rule mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. A, a methodology anymore. So so what then would you tell? You know, you made the point earlier on about. The, um, the the rise of technology and of course alluded to the Twitter generation in your piece. What then would you then say to a a person, uh, a business leader, and you know for with business leader we can say business leader, sports leader, uh, political party leader across the board, who is aware of social media and and the power that social media has, but is indifferent to it anyway, and therefore doesn't it. and therefore doesn't play in that space. Mm. I deal with it all the time. You know, you know, for me. If you're going to have, if, if you've decided that your strategy is to react to social media or to, to, to have some kind of social media platform, then you have to appoint, you have to have a social media desk. You have to have people who react to posts on social media almost instantaneously. Otherwise, don't play in that space. And one example, of course, Ashraf, is, is, is an example I use very often in media training around crisis, and that's the Murray and Roberts bridge collapse in mm-hmm. Grayson, Grayson Drive and Santon. There was no social media strategy there. Um, personally, um, I and mean, from my perspective, I think the CEO handled um, his, uh, his engagement with the media very well. He was there within minutes with his hard hat on. He was obviously in shock. He spoke to the media in the full glare of, of the camera lights. The, 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 you know, he, 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 he looked really, really worried. But I know that, uh, that they were, they were, they, they came in roundly for criticism for not having a social media policy. People were watching to see what Murray and Roberts were going to say around the bridge collapse, and it simply wasn't forthcoming. So what I'd say is if you're going to have a social media policy, don't namby-pamby around it. Have a dedicated desk that deals with something like that. And, and, and then would, should the business leader then have a social media presence in his or her own right or not? You know what, I... I think so, but then I then I think that they they need some they need some media training they need some messaging training you know it's not so easy uh, you know I know I know that there are there are there are more characters that are allowed on Twitter for example now than before but it's you, you need to have a gift of the gap you need to get to the point very quickly so you can't sit and give context and background you need, need to be able to deal with issues as and when they happen so. You know, if you if you if you are comfortable in that space, fine. If not, then get somebody who, who who can do it better for you. But of course, as I'll go back to the point, there's a whole lot more, um, let's say, credibility um, and integrity if, in fact, the message is coming from a big cheese. You know, so often, and I call them big cheeses, they give their roles to spokespeople, and they lose the connection. They lose that very important face-to-face connection, that, that disassociation, that lack of, 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 of humanity almost, because they are not front and center. Okay, we've got about a minute and a bit to go, Janine. Just, again, and lastly, maybe, maybe any one other strong point that you need to bring up here? Well, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about, it's about it, it, you know, I presented on, 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 on the divide between public relations and journalism, which is, uh, which is another, another topic entirely. But, you know, for me, it's about, I'm so glad that, that, that this, that technology is happening. I'm so glad that the world is moving at the speed at which it is, because at last, for people like you and I, Ashraf, there is a place for brutal honesty. You know, uh, we as communicators need to tell people what they need to hear. 
and not what they want to hear. So you, you need to surround yourself with people who shoot straight and, uh, you know, who don't, who don't mollycoddle you and make you feel comfortable. How, how do you know, how do you know that this is what people need to hear? Because I see too much, too many messages being distorted because somebody is trying to be nice about it, because somebody is trying to wrap the news in, in cotton wool and, 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 uh, top it up with marshmallows. Sometimes you need to deal with things, you need to think about the damage that the, the, that a message incorrectly disseminated is going to do. Because, as we said, once you said something that's out there, it's no PVR, no action replay, mm-hmm. no fast forward, no pausing. All right. Let me, hopefully, hopefully you have a good memory. Is, is there one person just in the last week, I'm only talking current week, okay, who's, who's said and done something as profound as you suggested, saying it exactly the way it should be? No. Okay. Leave it at that. <laughs> Sorry, but... No, I just, I see, I just see, I see communication in attitudes. Um, I see people um, tripping over their own tongues. Um, I see, um, I see things lost in translation. Um, I don't, I really, if you ask me this again and again, I really don't see anybody that, that rises to the top like cream. Okay, that's where we're going to leave it. Janine Lazarus, thanks for your time. Uh, now, in the age of social media, you've said 10 things. If you wish to, com- you know, uh, reiterate the 10 and then add a further 10, just tweet me even now. I'll certainly retweet that. Uh, if you just tweet to hashtag media show and then to me and to SFM Radio, we'll gladly share that and, and gladly share that rather and then send it off to the rest of the country listening in and just tuning in right now. All right? Thank you so much, Russell. There we are, fascinating about the challenges for the communications industry and their communicating readiness for 2020, four years from now. What will the communications industry look like? In fact, what did the communications industry look like maybe five or six years ago? So if we go to 2010 or even 2005, goodness, this industry has changed.